Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Sea, and today we are here to talk about how top sales reps share everything they know about high-converting outbound sequences. Now, I got my boy Tom Alamo here with me. Now, Tom, tell me, what do you think most reps are missing in their outbound sequencing? I think high level, the, the number one thing most reps do is they rely on their sales sequencer to do all of the work for them. Uh, and they don't put the effort in oftentimes to personalize some of their messages. Sometimes they'll skip the the call tasks, the manual tasks in order for the sequence to run by itself. And you might get some results with an automatic sequence and emails, but the gold is in the 10 to 20% that you can personalize that you can put the effort into. So we'll get more into that today. Definitely. We're going to drop all those nuggets. And I love to see you guys pouring in here. Let me know in the chat, where are you guys tuning in from? We usually worldwide. So I love to see some of these. Let me know where are you tuning in from? And also be sure to switch your chat to everyone. So click that blue button and switch it over to everyone. So that way we can see. All right. I'm seeing a couple people already in the chat here. We got Sydney from Chicago. Welcome, Sydney. Great city. We also got Judith from Canada. Welcome, Judith. Great to see you here. And Lauren from Toronto. Great to see you here as well. So who is today's speaker? I've already introduced him, but this man is one of the best of the best in sales. Tom here, he is from TA Sales. He is the founder of TA Sales and a very well-known person in the space. If you guys haven't given him a follow on LinkedIn, be sure to do so. Now, before we begin, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we can help you with our daily sales show. Yes, we do this daily, guys. So be sure to check out all the different topics. You can learn from hundreds of sales sales professionals. Just go ahead and scan that QR code or visit us at sellbetter.xyz. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So big shout out to Outreach. They are an incredible tool. If you're looking to reach out to people and really sequence things, we're here to learn about sequencing. You got to check out Outreach is a powerful tool. And the drop of the day is going to show you how you can create more pipeline very effectively and predictably with Outreach. So go ahead and click that link and see what they're all about. So before we get into the agenda, I want to hear from you all. How do you go about building your sequences? I have another special drop here in the chat. It is going to be our hotline link. So we're doing the sell better hotline where we will create content for you. Yes, you get created content right at your email. And I'm going to give you a quick look at what this looks at. So what this looks like. So you answer the question, you're going to be prompted in video ask, and it's going to be saying, what is your favorite step in a sequence and why? Once you answer it through video, we're going to customize that for you and send it right back to you so it'll be ready to post and you can look like more of an influencer in your space and talking about what you know and love, which is sales. And that's why we're all here today. So be sure to check that out and answer it for me. We'd love to see some of your answers. If they're really great, we're going to make sure to showcase them on our social media page and tag you. So be sure to check that out and get a special shout out from us and the Sell Better team. 
So what are we going to be covering today? We are going to be showing you all how to harness the benefits of sequencing to drive those sales success. Who belongs in your sequence? That's a huge one. And lastly, all the real world examples so you guys know what to put in your sequence and where to put it. Now, as always, I'd love to know who is in the room. So we got a question for you guys here. Who is in the room? We're going to bring it up here. Let me know who is in the room. Now, I also want to know, Tom, when it comes to when it comes to sequencing, one of the most important things that you mentioned is the five by five rule. Mm. Can you tell me more about this? What is it? Yeah. So um, this is a way to stay consistent. Something that is a common hurdle when we're talking about sales sequences, if someone's new to it, is that they get really excited that you can get a, lot, a bunch of emails out the door and calls out the door. And all of a sudden you add hundreds or maybe even thousands of prospects in there. And you find yourself with all these overdue tasks and you can't possibly get through all that work. So the five by five is something that's easy to remember. It means every week, if you were an account executive, you could put five new accounts and five prospects per account into your sequence. So that's 25 people that you would then be able to you know, reach out to and you build on that week over week. Now, if you're an SDR, you might want to bump up those numbers. Perhaps it's 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 10 accounts and three to five contacts per account. Maybe it's 20. It might depend on your role. The intent is to find a number that you can achievably get to every week so that you don't have dozens of overdue tasks. The intent is you want to make sure that you can get through your whole sequence and, and find what that number is for you that you can commit to doing every single week. And that's the consistency that's going to help you build success. I really like that. And especially how you mentioned that you got to adjust depending on your title, right? So I'm seeing here that there is about 38% SDRs in the room and 27% RAEs. Now, what's also interesting here is that we have 12% frontline managers and 13% senior leadership. So the senior leaders came out for this show. Now, as a manager, how do you implement this rule into your team? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I, I think one is is coaching the reps on it. Um, I think one is is explaining the why behind it. So here's the why. Uh, that's a story that's not about sales, but it will relate to sales. There's a famous story that I love about these two teams that were expeditioners that tried to cross uh, the North Pole, first team to cross the North Pole. And uh, one team decided they were going to go based on the weather and based on how they felt. And that was going to determine how long they marched on any given day. Um, the other team said, regardless of what happens externally, we're going to hit 20 miles every single day, right? And so if you guess who won that, you know, that competition, it was team two. Not only was it team two, but team one actually died along the way. And the, the, the reason for that story is that consistency wins. So the way to get anything, if you're chopping down a tree, is like you want to do consistent strokes over time. It's not just flashes in a pan. It's not being occasionally great. It's being consistently good. So... I think you want to explain to the reps the why. As a rep, I was always interested in like, why are we doing this? Not just like following orders, uh, you know, blindly. So explain the why and then coach them on, you know, based on your whatever their territories are, tier them in, tier your accounts into A, B, and C. Start with your A's and work through it. And then, you know, block off time. I would suggest blocking off a couple hours every Monday. Things are a little bit lighter. Uh, you might not have as many prospect interactions. Um, typically. And so it's a good time to maybe batch 
you know, an hour or two where you can do a, bu a bunch of research and add the majority of your contacts in to start off the week. I like how you said you want to batch them up. That really saves a lot of time. Instead of just doing one by one, right? I'm going to add this person, then go through a sequence. One person, go through a sequence. That just takes way too much time. But if you batch and go, you're able to get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time. So I would love to hear from our audience. What, how, what amount of people do you add to a sequence per day? Is it 25 people per day, 50? Maybe you're adding 100 people per day. Or is it something completely different? If so, let us know in the chat. I would love to see some of these. Now, Tom, one thing we talked about in the pre-call is the dangers of adding way too many people into a sequence. Now, why is that a problem, right? Because if I'm a rep, I'm thinking, all right, I want to add as many people as I want because it's good. I get to get my message out to the masses. Mm -hmm. But what are the dangers of this? Yeah, it's a great. It's a good question. So... Um, let's just take a step back. When we're talking about a sales sequence, we mean that you are going to be reaching out to someone, you know, multiple times over the course of, you know, multiple days or, or weeks. So, um, the, the purpose of that is most research says that, uh, the majority of people take seven to nine touches to book a meeting with a cold prospect. So if you're only sending two emails to someone, uh, you're not really giving yourself a fair chance for them to see your message and respond accordingly whether they're interested or not, right? Um, so that's the point of trying to get a lot of touch points. Now, if you put, let's say, 5,000 people into your sequence at once, one of two things is going to happen. Either one, you're going to send all of those 5,000 people generic messages that are have no personalization, probably no relevance. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of, of a blast, uh, and you're not going to get a very good response rate off of that and, and might hurt your domain. Um, or you're going to be more thoughtful, but there's no way that you're going to be able to get through all 5,000 of those people uh, when the tasks are due. And so you're not giving yourself a fair chance to appropriately reach out to them. So the reason why I start smaller is because I want to make sure not only can I put a personal touch on, on uh, as many of these touch points as I can, but I want them to get the full 7, 10, 12 touch points that I planned because there's a strategy behind that on hitting those people up that many times in a couple of weeks in a short period of time. You know, you, you make a valid point there. You want to be able to actually make an impact with your sequence as opposed to just blasting out, you know, a ton of emails. And a lot of people don't know this, but if you keep blasting out a lot of emails that don't get replied to or all end up in spam, your domain's going to take a serious hit. And if that happens, it is bad news. It just means everything you send from now on, is probably going to be in spam and it is no bueno. So we got to make sure that we avoid this. And I'm actually seeing here from the question we just asked that the typical result was about 25 people per day, which I think is pretty fair. Uh, about 13% said 50 people per day. 3% of our audience do 100 people. And I saw someone here in the chat say that they add four to 500 people per day into their sequence. Now, that is wild. I don't know how you're going about that and maintaining it, but that's a lot of pipeline and you got to make sure you make room for personalization. So make sure you got a good balance there because it could be tough, a lot, really tough. Now, Tom, you also mentioned that you don't just make one sequence and add 25 people to it. You make a few, right? So you have three different sequences. Can you break these down for me? What are these? Yep, yep. So the first one is uh, a cold outbound sequence. 
And I base this on the persona. So let's just talk about that for, for a minute, just so we're all on the same page. Um, I sell, you know, my business is, is sales training and coaching. So most of the time I'm selling to uh, a VP of sales, maybe a head of sales enablement, maybe it's a frontline sales manager. Now, if I wanted to sell to those three people, I could sell to all three, but they they care about slightly different things. And so I actually have my sequences built out for each of those different individuals so that I can message them slightly differently. So the same goes if you're selling to you know, in security or to IT or HR or whatever it is, you want to uh, draft, you know, different uh, different templates for for different types of folks. Mm. That's one. Uh, the second one, this was the number one way that I built pipeline at Gong uh, when I was there for a couple of years was taking customers that uh, people that used to be work at a customer account and now worked into my territory, right? So if Adrian worked at uh, Sell Better, and uh, they were a customer and then he just landed at a new account that's in my territory. Boom. That's like, you know, that's a bullseye right there. Cause I already know Adrian knows me. He's used my product. He assume, you know, assumptively likes what I, you know, my product and sees value. He may want to bring that into his new organization. It's way easier to book a meeting than, than going cold. And then the third is uh, what I call a stovetop sequence. And the reason I call it a stovetop is uh, you know, I'm Italian. And so what do we do on Sundays as Italians? We make, we make meat sauce, right? Uh, so we make the Sunday sauce and you make it on the stovetop. You keep it warm. It cooks, it's low and slow for, you know, all day long, especially in the winter. And so the reason I call it that is because we as, uh, you know, AEs that lose deals, SDRs who have people that tell them to call them back in six months, you have this long list of people that you may not be taking advantage of, you may not be utilizing properly. And so I have a slow moving campaign for those folks so that I stay top of mind with each and every one of them. Uh, and I know we're going to do a, a little bit of a deeper dive into these three, but that's the uh, the thought process behind them all. These are great. And I can see a lot of the value in doing two and three. One will always get you results, obviously. Cold, cold prospecting works, right? But the two and three are kind of like that warm touch on how to get, you know, past just that cold presence and go into a more warmer state of, hey, we've worked together before. Let's restart some conversations. So I really like this. Now, Tom, when it comes to number two, which is former customers that have changed accounts, how do you go about actually identifying who's actually moved? Because I see Chase here in the chat has asked this exact question. How do you find these people? Yeah, you know what? I saw that and I'm going to see if I can, uh, uh, if you want, I can pull up my, I do it in Sales Navigator. There are companies that do this. Um, you know, we're not doing free ads on here, but but I think User Gems and Champify are two companies that do this. But I don't I don't pay for those because I'm a one person business. I use Sales Navigator. I'd be happy to show you really quickly or I can just describe it verbally. What sure, sure, sure. Actually, go ahead and you can share your screen here. Let me make sure it can be done. Go ahead and give that a try. Let's see what this looks like. Okay, cool. You put me on the spot here, Chase, and I appreciate that. So uh, this is my real sales nav, so don't steal my data or anything. But if you go into the homepage and you go into the lead filters, this is where I find the majority of my best leads. And so what I would do uh, back at Gong is I would type in past company and I would enter in a bunch of uh, you know case studies or my best customers. Let's just say Gong was my best customer, right? And now, uh, either you know, based on your territory, if you have a company list, you can upload that list. 
to SalesNav, if you're based on things like geography or industry or company size, you can do that as well. But let's just say, uh, you know, my territory right now is Salesforce and Google, and uh, and we'll just leave it at that for now. So what this is showing me are people that used to work at Gong and now work at either Salesforce or Google. So I could go in here and I could even further, what I would probably do is one more thing is I'd probably go into job title or job function. And let's say I only wanted to hit up salespeople or sales leaders. So I could go in here and if I was selling to AEs, I'm just making this example up on the spot. I could hit up David here and I could say, hey, David, you know, it looks like you you spent you know some time at Gong in, in you know 2020 and 2021. You know, would love to hear about what you got going over at Salesforce. See if what I'm doing at, at TA Sales might be helpful to you over there too. And so I've got this list. It'll update every single week, and I can keep it's it's probably pretty low quantity, but very high quality. And so it's a really good way to kind of just keep in touch with folks and and find new people every week that you know might fit that criteria. Wow, this is great. Guys, put a one in the chat if you're going to start doing this. This is a real gem to keep in mind. Put a two if you already do this and it's actually, it comes in handy. I know I've done this myself and it is a great way, especially at the end of quarter, which we're approaching into, you know, Q3, that it comes in handy because you're like, man, how do I scramble for these last minute sales? People that have already been your customers in the past are gold. So I'm seeing a lot of ones and twos in the chat. So a lot of people are going to start using this, a lot of ones. And some twos that are saying, I do do this and it is fantastic in my flow. So I love to see this. Thank you for sharing that, Tom. I know it was on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's break down some of these sequences. Now, you mentioned that you like to do these cold prospecting moments, right? When it comes to the cold email, you had this breakdown of your actual sequence. Yeah. Why does this work? Okay, let's talk about this. So... um, you notice a few things about this sequence. <clears throat> this is, um, I believe, 13 or 14 touch points over 20 business days, so about one month. Uh, you'll notice there's emails, there's phone calls, there's LI, which stands for LinkedIn. Uh, there's a video email, um, and then the last, the last piece on day 20 is I, I would move the move the sequences. Uh, so you have different touch points, uh, different uh, touch points per day, um, and you'll see it actually kind of comes out I come out pretty hot out of the gates and I ease off over time so I love to do the triple play on day one right so uh I do a LinkedIn touch I write an email and then I make a phone call and I do it in that order um, because I LinkedIn is where I might find a little bit of research when I add them then I'm going to send the email and then I can use whatever I write and whatever I find to make my call so that if I you know if Adrian answers I could say hey I just shot you an email about x y or z um, and then you'll see some of the different touch points as we uh, kind of go down the line. Now, I will say this. Um, I'm always experimenting and I, I coach a lot of reps, AEs and BDRs. And uh, it depends on your skill set and it depends on your industry. Uh, I posted this last week that I've got a BDR I work with. He booked 22 meetings in May, over one a day. And he booked every single one of them on the phone. Wow. He's not very, he doesn't like email. He loves the phone. The industry is a little old school, so people pick up the phone. They don't check email that often, and he hammers it. I know people that do the reverse and spend, you know, book 80% of their meetings on LinkedIn or uh, or on email or on video. So um, I would just base it off of uh, off of what your skill set is, off of who your buyers are. 
some of like the data that you can see. But this is like a very, uh, this is like my my tried and true. And then I'll update it from here based on like some of the data that I might see. This is fantastic. Everyone, be sure to screenshot this. This is a very straightforward sequencing sequence structure, especially for that cold outbound. Now, I'm seeing people here in the chat are saying, you know, this seems like a lot of phone calls. Uh, mm. Is Could the prospect ever consider this to be a bit spammy? Tom, have you ever found that to be the case? Yeah, so we've got um, in this, how many do we have? We've got, it looks like five five calls over four weeks. So uh, my my rule of thumb is that I don't call someone more than, you know, probably, you know, two, on most weeks, two two or three times in, in a given week. Again, we come out of the gates hot in the sequence. Three of the five calls are in the first, you know, five days. And then, you know, we kind of wean off based on if we're not going to get any, uh, if we don't get traction by that point. Um, but... You know, I'm not leaving a voicemail on every single one as well. And, um, you know, the reason why I do, uh, there's a lot of emails, there's a lot of calls, there's LinkedIn is, um, you know, you don't know where your buyers are going to be receptive. So some people want to, you know, spend all day in email and it's better to reach them that way. Some people answer their phone all the time and like, they'll give you five minutes to, to do your, to your cold call pitch. Some people spend a lot of time on LinkedIn you know, like video, hate video. It's very individual, and you don't know what your pro what each prospect really wants until you try it. Uh, and so, um, I would not say it's too many calls. I know, uh, I know people that they'll call someone uh, dozens of times uh, with no response. Um, and I think if anything, reps tend to get. Uh, I think I think we're a little less aggressive than we need to be sometimes we we wean off the gas a little bit hit the brakes a little too early i'd rather um you know push a little bit too hard get the feedback that hey this was a, a little bit too many calls okay then i'll take a step back um you don't i think you're you're less likely to hear that you're more likely to get no responses from people and all you're trying to do is have a conversation and get to an answer either a yes or a no uh, a maybe or no answers like is the worst case scenario in a sequence very true, especially when you're just left in a state of just suspense. You're like, all right, I see you opening my emails. You're probably listening to my calls, but no reply. That is the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. dreadful. So guys, really keep in mind that better to get a response than no response at all. So if you think it's too many calls, well, unless they've told you this is uh, way too many, keep calling. Make those dials because people don't make them enough. So it's worth <laughs> investing in. Now, I would love to hear from our audience. What is the length of your sequences currently? Are they around 10 days, 20 days? Maybe you got a 30-day sequence or is it something completely different? Let me know in the chat. We'd love to see some of these. I saw Tom's here is 20, 20 days. Have you found that to be the sweet spot, Tom? I think that's the sweet spot. Um, you'll see, I think in my next, in the second sequence is actually a little bit shorter. Um I think for someone that's completely cold, I like to give it that much time because I want to make sure I get double digit touch points in and I don't want them to all be in like a week or two. Uh, one, because that's, I think that's, it feels like a little bit too much. Um, also, if someone's like on vacation or something, you're like front loading all of your activity into a week where maybe they're not there or they're traveling. Um, and I, I do want to, yeah, uh, when I'm talking about days, I do mean business days. I'm just seeing good stuff in the chat. Uh, can I just, I just want to answer one thing I saw like from a few yeah. people in the chat, which is about, I said a bump email 
on one of those. Um, so when you're in a sequencing tool, uh, there's there's two ways that you can send an email. One is on a new thread. So imagine like new subject line, first email, or there's a response, you reply to your own email. So there's time for each of those. Um, and so when I say a bump email, I mean, I'm hitting a reply to my original email with the same subject line. And, you know, part of my message might be, uh, you know, referring to something that I said in that other message. So um, I try to mix it up between, you know, reply versus new thread. All right. I like that a lot. Keep that in mind. Bump emails work extremely well if you use them strategically. Now, you had another sequence here that goes to those who have changed jobs, which you gave us the example of how you find that out. So why then you put them into this sequence, correct? Yes. Yes. So um, I'll find them on Sales Navigator. I'll put them into this sequence. Um, and again, it's it's a little bit shorter. Um, and the reason for that is that it's a warmer, it's a warmer message. So this person, if we've done our research right the first, you know, and before I add them, they should know who my company is. They might not know me. They might, they might know me if I sold them their last program, but they should know what my company does. And, you know, if I put that in the subject line, uh, like, you know, in that example, I might say, uh, you know, uh, you know, past gone customer to Salesforce or something like that. You know, I'm going to call out, you know, what my reason for reaching out is. And if I'm not going to get a response in those first like six to eight touches with that familiarity, then it's probably not a good fit. And I'm not going to like keep pursuing that at least in that time. Um, but this is, again, it's, it's a lower quantity that's going to get in here, but, um, a higher hit rate, a higher, a much higher conversion rate than someone that's just straight cold. This is great. And it's definitely because it's warm, right? You're able to really hit home with that personalization of, Hey, I noticed that you used to be a customer of my company and then move the conversation over to where they're at now. And if they would be interested in checking out your tool. So Definitely keep this in mind, guys. I'm seeing here with the question we asked recently, you guys make your sequences about 20 days long. About 44% of our audience said 20 days, 30% said 30 days, and 21% said 10 days. I saw a lot of people in the chat mentioning that their sweet spot is also around 14 days, mm. which I can see working really well for a hyper-personalized sequence uh, that really just keeps hitting it home. Now, Let's get into these stovetop leads, right? So yep. break this down for us. Why is it one and then 31? Yeah. So um, again, as a reminder, these are people that if you're an account executive, they've you've already lost a deal with them. Uh, if you're a BDR and SDR, it's someone that said, hey, call me back in six months. I'm not interested right now. It's not a good time. Yada, yada, yada. It's not a, it's not a true sales opportunity, but you have had some sort of contact with them. So what I would do in that case, let's say I lose a deal, you know, with Adrian, I'd say, hey man, it's all good. You went in another direction. I totally respect that. Do you mind if from time to time, you know, uh, as I come across some really good sales data that I can send that your way just to keep you informed? And so what I'm doing is, is twofold. Number one is I am being valuable to Adrian, right? It's low commitment, not asking anything from you, um, but I'm trying to add value. So when I come out with these emails, I'm not pitching my services. I'm not asking for 30 minutes. I'm not asking what's changed. Uh, I'm not doing any of that. I am sh hopefully sharing something that is insightful for you that might help you in your job. Um, and so when I was at Gong, 
I would take things from the Sell Better team. I would take other industry reports and podcasts and blogs, and I'd send them across and I'd say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. VP of Sales, I, I, I came across this awesome webinar from Sell Better. Adrian dropped some nuggets. I hope you find this helpful. And because I want, you know, today might not be the time, 30 days from now might not be the right time, but whenever it is the right time for them to buy that thing that I'm selling and they're in the market, I want them to think about me. And so I feel that once a month is a fair enough cadence that I'm not going to make anyone mad. Um, I'm not going to overdo it. I'm not going to spend too much of my own time. Um, but I am like, they're going to be reminded of my name and of my company so that when it is the right time, we don't control timing. But So when it is, hopefully they think of me. Uh, hopefully they only think about me. And I'm like the obvious decision or at the very least, they'll entertain a conversation and we can you know, kind of go down that road together. Okay. I like this. This is a very good point. And Monica actually mentioned, so if you do one day 31 and day one in the next month, it's technically two touches back to back. Well, Monica, you want to actually space them out within 30 days. So you're either going to do day one or day 31, right? You kind of feel out what works best with the current rapport you've built with this uh, closed lost champion, right? Or closed lost person that you've spoken with. So just kind of feel it out. It's more of a feeling thing and how you will be reaching out either 31st or the first. Yeah, just to, just to clarify that too. So what what that visual meant was, let's just imagine, it's not like the first of the month and the 31st of the month. It's actually like, imagine today is day one. The next step is going to be 30 days from now, which would be day 31. That's like July 14th or something. And then the next touch will be 30 days from then. So that's like day 61. So it's always 30 days apart. And if I have a good article or something, I could send that to a hundred different sales leaders, right? If I have like a great thing from Sell Better, I can share that with every everyone, right? I don't need to like highly personalize these messages. It takes almost no time. I'm already doing this research. Um, and you'd be really surprised over time how many people come back to you and are like, oh man, I'm so glad you stayed in touch. Uh, now's a better time for whatever reason. Let's let's hop let's hop on a call. Let's break that down. So I know you had an example for us. This is something you would send in a stovetop sequence. Uh, can you tell me more about this email? Yeah, yeah. So I mentioned that SDR I'm working with uh, was killing it in May. Uh, so I put out a LinkedIn post about him, and uh, it went kind of viral. And uh, I just shared like the six things that he was doing. And so I figured this would be good to sh to send out to some people. So uh, you see, this is a three uh, four sentence email. Um, said, hey, you know, there's an SDR. He went through my last boot camp that I did. Here's the link to it. Figured that there could be a thing or two that you might take away from it, right? I'm not asking for time from these guys. I'm not trying to book a meeting. Um, but I sent this out to, you know, uh, I don't know, probably 15 or 20 people last week and got a handful of responses, actually booked two meetings off of this. Um, and, uh, and so I'll do this, you know, again, like once a month, I'll find something, whether that I wrote it or someone else wrote it and um, send it to someone. And, uh, you know, there's some real content in here. So if they if they read this, you know, they could hopefully use those six things with their SCRs and, and it might be helpful for them. This is a great point. And Jessica mentioned here in the chat, I love how you're giving before you ask for anything. So is that something that you make pretty standard across your emails? Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> I think um, in general, I want to I want to try to give before I receive. I think that's just like a general principle I try to live by, in, especially in sales. Um, in this case, if it's cold email, I'm not shy about asking for 
Uh, are they open to a conversation? Do they want to you know hop on a call, something like that? In this case, you know, my strategy is just a little bit different because I've already talked to them. They've already get hit me with a no. Um, and so if every month I'm asking them for a 30 minute meeting, just feels a little exhausting to me. I might mix it in from time to time, but my my thought is if they can see Tom as someone that just wants to be helpful, I'm helping to show them like, hey, this is how I operate. I'm in this for you. And that makes you probably more attracted to want to work with me whenever the time is right. And it might not be today. It might be a year from now. But um, if we're salespeople and we see this as a long game, we're planting seeds, like we're gardeners everywhere, planting these seeds. And like over time, the flowers are going to start to bloom and you got to give it some time. Uh, but it but it truly does work um, and it truly does help you, you know, break away from just being a salesperson to being more of like a trusted advisor with people. Love that. And you can do that with CTAs that aren't all meeting based, right? It's just more about interest, right? Not even mentioning interest in your solution even. It could even be in the solution and what you gave them, right? It'd be like, hey, I, here are 10 LinkedIn tips that I think you could use. Do you find this interesting? Right, So you're just trying to get a little bit more understanding into what's going on in their mind and start a conversation. Now, Tom, I know you had another example here. And this one is you use for the customers, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this is just an example one. You'll see this is to uh, Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft, who uh, <laughs> did not actually send this email. This is just like a, a draft. But um so this is pretty much like what I might say to someone like Satya, if he were to join a new company is like, hey, you know, congrats on the gig. Um, I might I might say, you know, I might make a reference to his work. Hey, I know we did some work when you were working over at Gong um, and then get into, hey, curious to see if you're evaluating the team's outbound strategy. Here's what what I'm doing with folks. And then I, I do interest based call to actions if I am trying to, you know, book a meeting or like get to a next step. So like interested in a conversation or open to a call sometime, something like that is how I would I would close it out. Love it. Love it. It really just honing in on the fact that you guys do know each other in some capacity, right? And then that interest-based ETA to really wrap it all up all together. Now, we have one more example here, and that has to do with the cold outbound email. Can you tell me about this one? Yep. Yep. So... um. <clears throat> This is what I would do if, you know, this is where the bulk of your outreach is probably going to come from, right? It's going to be cold. And so the way that I do this is that 80% of the email is can be uh, specific just to the persona. So all VPs of sales, I might hit them up and say, this is the problem that they're having, right? They're struggling the, the time to, uh, excuse me, struggling to find the time to coach their team to build pipeline. Cool. You know, here's what I'm doing. I'm helping people you know, uh, with the tactics that help me hit, hit, hit me presence club at gong, so on and so forth. Um, the part that I personalize will be the first sentence and the subject line, uh, where in this case, this is from a sequence for people. I do a prospecting boot camp where reps learn how to build prospecting, you know, build pipeline. Uh, and I coach them, you know, kind of like one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting. And then, you know, if someone, if one rep at Salesforce does that, I might try to reach out to a sales leader and say, Hey, couple reps went through my training uh would be interested if, if you you know want to talk about like having some some team training or, or open to that so i personalize the first sentence to what's my reason for reaching out and then i get into like what's the problem that i help solve how do i solve it and then a call to action 
Um, and that's like the general kind of thought process as to where I'm coming at with, uh, with my cold emails. This is great. Now, how many words would you say this is? Uh, I didn't count on this one, but I, I would say, generally speaking, I'm trying to keep it like 50 to 75. Keep it nice, short, and sweet. Now, I saw someone here in the chat, uh, Shravan, you put your email, cold email that you normally send out in the chat. And one thing I would say is try to keep it short and sweet around that 75 word mark. You don't want to keep it too long. As you can see here with Tom's example, very personalized and short and sweet and to the point. People have very short attention spans nowadays. So the shorter the email, the better. You can actually hook your prospect a lot quicker. Now, how about when it comes to building a sequence, what are some do's and don'ts? You mentioned some of these in the pre-call. Can you break them down for me? Yep. Yep. So, uh, the do's, so the, the beauty of the sales sequence is that it helps you stay organized, right? You don't want it to do all the work for you and get sloppy, but imagine trying to reach out to 25 you know, new people every single day, reach out to all of those people, you know, 10 times over 20 days and keep track of all that. That if you had to do that in a Google sheet, that would be insanity. That would be almost impossible. That's how I, that's what I was tried to do in, in like 2015 when I was selling before uh, I had a sales sequence tool. But so you want to use this to stay organized. You want to know like, when should I be emailing people? When should I be calling them? Who am I booking meetings with? Things like that. Um, I, I call what we just talked about the problem statement method, right? So I'm focusing on uh, a problem that my prospect might have. And I want to find out, do they have that problem? Do they not? If they do, cool. Let's have a call. If not, cool. Not a good use of both of our times. I'm going to move on to someone else. Um, we talked about multiple vehicles. So trying to get them in different uh, ways, call, email, LinkedIn, direct mail, video, whatever you got to do, and then be creative. You know, uh, Even if your leader gives you some some content to use, some emails to write, get creative. You know, like Try to take, take chances. Try to do a 10-word email. Try to do a hundred word email, try a video, try, you know, a LinkedIn audio message, like try some weird stuff and see what works. And that's the best way to like treat it like you're a scientist making experiments and seeing what works. Uh, the don'ts, use it to batch and blast. Please don't send a thousand or 5,000 emails at once that are all the exact same email. Just trust me, it's not going to work. Um, don't skip tasks. Uh, so if you have too many contacts, it's very tempting to skip all of your phone calls, to skip your personalization on your emails, to skip your, you know, maybe direct mail touch or a video email. You built the sequence for a reason. You built it strategically. And so make sure to, you know, do your best to not be lazy and focus on, you know, making sure you do every single task. And that's the way that you're going to have the most success. Wow. This is very true. And that goes hand in hand with you can't be lazy. You just got to pretty much culminate the strength and do it you gotta just do it right take the nike logo to heart <laughs> do everything that's in your sequence because it's there for a reason now before we get into q a i want to let you guys know if you love this show we have another great one for you all tomorrow at 12 p.m we're gonna be showing you all how to master discovery calls with effective questions if you're building out these sequences you're gonna get someone on the phone when you get them on the phone, you're going to have to have proper discovery. So we're going to go over all of this and more at 12 p.m. tomorrow. I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Be sure to check it out.
So Tom, it seems that our show has got the attention of a lot of people in our audience and they got some questions because my Q&A has been blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it really quickly. Uh, we have a couple people here. Now, one that I saw that was pretty popular is in the chat, actually. Now, let me bring it up here. Uh, right here, Lauren asks, what if you have a marketing team that sends nurture emails as well with similar info as what you do in sales? Is it better for it to come from us or from marketing? Yeah, good question. Um, I would consider anything that marketing does for you as just like a cherry on top as a sales professional, right? Um, at the end of the day, it's you who you are the first line of you know attention to the customer you're the person trying to book a meeting now marketing might be putting out some some content maybe they're doing events maybe they have case studies things like that but it's your job to be personal it's your job to um you know to try to build that relationship with folks and, and earn their trust um and so i would try to use different types of content um, but if there's a great piece of content marketing puts out I wouldn't worry about you know using the same message from time to time, but I, I would try to find your own that's specific to the industry if you can. So if I was selling to a a, a CIO, I might find some technical co content from you know Gartner or Forrester or like some industry report. Whereas your marketing team is probably putting together like case studies about why your company is so good and you know what you guys do that that's better than the competition and things like that. I think you earn more trust by sharing industry level knowledge rather than like this is why our company is great so um you know if marketing helps you book meetings that's great but i think you got to also take it into your own hands to to uh to share some other useful info that, that's a great point tom and rolando asked a similar question because he was piggybacking off of lauren and when it comes to that voicemail portion you just want to tell them that you sent them an email the whole point is to be a human right Show them that you're the one reaching out and you're the one trying to get their attention, right? It, it becomes a lot more personal and definitely not something marketing would do. So it sets you apart. Mm. Now, we have another Q&A here. An anonymous attendee says, when you say you have a manual email in your sequence, is it personalized or just manually triggered? Um Technically, a manual email means that it is uh, is just manually triggered. I have to hit send. But the reason why is because there's some sort of personalization that I put in. So uh, any if there's an automated email, it might be a bump email like, you know, hey, Adrian, you know, bumping this email up so that you can see it. And it might be a later touch in a sequence. But when I write manual email, it's because I'm personalizing that first sentence most likely. The rest of the email is probably already pre-written. I might tweak up a few things depending on if I see it in my research and, and want to customize it even more. Um, but I want to make sure I personalize that first part to, to get someone's attention and then I send it through that way. Amazing. That is a fantastic point viewpoint. You want to also be sure that if you're trying to do a lot of different points of personalization, fill that in as like a, as a parentheses in your sequence. Say, this is where I'm going to input the personalization. Make it something that you know would work. That way you can quickly run through those manual emails and include that piece of personalization with your research. So love to see this. Tom, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Where can the people find you? Yeah, best place to be on LinkedIn. Um, so it's my name, Tom Alemo uh, on LinkedIn. And uh, if you think any of this stuff is helpful, shoot me a DM, add me. Um, and like I said, I do do uh, 
consistently I do boot camps that help uh, SDRs and AEs book more pipelines. So uh, DM me, let me know the, the part that was the best, that was most helpful. And uh, if there's anything I can do to help you in your career, let me know, let me, uh, know and I'm, I'm down to help you out. Love to see it. Now, thank you so much for attending this conversation, Tom. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much to our audience for being so engaging. This is great to see you guys blowing up the chat. As always, we'll have you here on the next one. It will be at 12 p.m. tomorrow. Be sure to sign up for that and take care of those sequences. Don't be lazy. Fill it up. Do 15 five by fives, you know, do that five by five separate sequences. So that way you fit them into the right categories. And lastly, don't forget the personalization. Thank you so much, everyone. This has been fantastic. And of course, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.